Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Are you ready to bring project-based learning to your school? The PBL Simplified Podcast will help equip you for your PBL journey with weekly need-to-knows, engaging interviews, PBL showcases from facilitators in the classroom, and PBL leadership episodes to move you towards a successful implementation of PBL. Because every learner deserves to be a part of an inspiring story, and we see daily that project-based learning helps make this happen. If you want me to answer your PBL need-to-know on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to PBL Simplified. I'm your host, Ryan Stoyer, and this is episode 108. 108 is a special episode. This is a working episode. So if you listen to 107, which you should, you'll hear Banff Academy from Scotland. And what they did, very clever, uh, we connected via Twitter and social media. And I said, hey, you guys are doing awesome things. By the way, they are a great Twitter follow. And I said, why don't you come on the podcast and share some of those ideas? And I said, we'd love to. By the way, while we're talking, can you answer a couple of need-to-knows that we have? It's like, oh, well done. It's like, that is a great idea. So, what we did is we recorded the interview. That's episode 107. And now, episode 108, we recorded the working session where they had some need-to-knows they brought to me, and we talk through them and go back and forth. So, you can kind of be a fly on the wall and hear what this working session could be. I'm going to ask for it in the actual episode, I think, but I'd love your feedback on this episode. Would you like more of this? Because we have more of these, right? Like every time I talk to an administrator, whether it's an assistant superintendent, principal, uh, coach, um, a lot of those are on Zoom, right? And we record those so that the coach, the person being coached can get that for their files. But I wonder if we share those with you. Like, do you want more of these fly on the wall episodes? If you do, would you go, or if you don't actually, either way, would you go to whatispbl.com? What is pbl.com and just click on Ask Ryan and let me know what you think about this episode. I had a great time recording it, but it doesn't mean you want to hear it, right? So, um, I think that you'll resonate though with a lot of this working session piece. And I think there's a lot of nuggets that you can take out of there and run with. So, enjoy this working episode. All right, PBL Simplified audience, I want to welcome you back. Um, I say back because this is really a continuation episode. If you haven't heard it, I'd like you to go back to the Banff Academy uh, interview where I talk with Nick and Hannah, and they just they outline their journey, and it's just a great case study of how I would absolutely recommend you start. And you'll hear their mindset is right on on par as well of a growth mindset, continuing to grow, share wins. So go back to that episode and listen to that because what you're tuning into now is a workshop episode. Like we're just going to jump into the work. So Banff Academy in Scotland um, is a PBL school. I've got Nick and Hannah here who are leading the charge there with project-based learning. And they're really open with like, this is a process we're working through, right? Like we've had some successes, but we also have questions. And if you're leading, if you're listening to this and you're a school leader who's in process right now, like we're always in process. So we're just going to jump into a work session and just kind of go back and forth and see where we go. So you can kind of be a fly on the wall 
and learn as we jump in. So Hannah and Nick, thanks for jumping in again. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Delighted to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, we've I've kind of got your story, right? Our listeners have your story. Um, so what are some things that you're thinking about as far as improvement or maybe some pinch points that you have? Yeah, so we mentioned in the podcast that we've went out to visit schools around the world. And what we saw there was amazing project-based learning, but possibly in a smaller scale in terms of the amount of students that are taking part in one project. Because we have between, we're not a huge school, but we have between 150 to 200 students per year group. And we're delivering that one project to the entire year group at the same time. Um, So we wanted some tips on how to maintain consistency when one project is being delivered um, to multiple classes by a variety of different teachers. Yeah, so that's a good question, right? There's a lot of complexities in that question. I think you guys have done a nice job from what I understand thus far, maybe using a video. Um, I don't know if you're getting like all of your learners into one spot so a lear- so that a community partner can come in. Um, I know in the real early days when I was in the classroom, we actually knocked down a wall so we could get 125 kids into a room, right? And so that a community partner could present to everybody. Um, so that's definitely an option. So then from there, you've got this one consistent message that's gone to 125 kids, whatever it is. And then from there, you can back out and then your your teachers can dive into the work in an individual way. The other way is because that works for your community partner, right? A community partner can come in for an hour, present or give a video or be, you know, can jump in asynchronously or maybe via Zoom that works on, on the community partner's end. Now, if you get some deeper community partners, and by that, I mean, you have a close relationship with them, like they know you, they love you, you respect their time, they respect your work, maybe they can come in for four hours, right? And they can present to your you know, smaller groups, right? They can present to four groups of 30. And if you developed, let's say, let's say you had four of those community partnerships that were really deep, they're willing to come in for four hours, you could rotate through, right? Groups of 30 for you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and rotate through and everybody could hear from those different community partners. So uh, I think you're on the right track in that, you know, having 200 teenagers in the room is maybe not always the most productive way to right to present information. Um, but having a community partner in the room in person is also uh, really engaging, right? So I think you're on the right track. What, how does that resonate with you? Do you follow-up questions? Or- yeah, no, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's like finding solutions to, I mean, it's a wonderful problem to have, right? <laughs> We've got making such an impact on so many pupils. So it's sometimes exactly what you've done there, maybe maybe using the problem and seeing if we can use that as a strength. And one of the things we've talked about as well, as I mean, they're great solutions as well as can we use some protocols that we maybe identify a smaller number from each class that experiences the, the community partner that then has that big role to go back to the class and feed that back. And OK, the consistency can you can lose a bit in the consistency of doing that, but the experience you gain of giving that ownership and, you know, empowering the pupils to do that is, I think, worth that loss of consistency. So I, I think just as you said, definitely using videos, maybe getting big groups together. And and yeah, the more we build relationships with our community partners, that we can steal more of their time to make that difference. And absolutely. But 
it, I think the big challenge we have is is seeing these problems, but finding solutions that maybe force us to think even more creatively yeah. about the impact and mm-hmm. ultimately having a, again, changing our teaching and learning so it's for the better because then protocols, I think, will work wonders in terms of the experience and, yeah. again, providing skills and experiences for our pupils. Yeah, we've spoke about fairs and we've spoke about workshops, um, but I suppose it's just moving away from the home learning and the, all the digital experiences that we had during COVID um, and being able to now bring partners into the school and our pe- students to go out more into the community. We're just having to rethink the way that we do things. Yeah. Two, two follow-up thoughts that I have to that. Um, one, and Nick, you kind of smiled when you said this, like stealing time from community partners. Uh, but yeah. if you've built the relationship, like you're really giving them a gift, right? Because <laughs> It's unlikely, like, we're probably not going to give a financial donation to a school. Sometimes we can, but really the gift of serving, that really is compensation for industry partners. Like, they want to do that. We want to give back. Like, if I'm an accountant and I punch numbers all day, it's important work, right? It helps those companies do their work. But I also, like, getting to communicate to kids and give back, like, that is something that I want. So, it is compensation, right? Like, so I think it's important to look at, look at it as a, uh, a give-give, right? A win-win scenario. The other th- thought to this first question, and we can move on to another one if, we will, if you'd like, is in your question, you said maintaining consistency, but you also don't want robotic standardization, right? So maybe being important about what needs to be consistent and what doesn't, right? Like if I'm a teacher in a classroom, like I'm going to teach very differently than the person next to me. Like, and and that's a real example, right? Like I just teach differently than other people, Right. You know, somebody's maybe very relational and somebody's maybe more task oriented. So where can you give your teachers freedom and where do you need to be consistent in order to to help learners have the experiences that they need? So you might be able to flex some of that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. agree with that. That chimes with a lot of what we think here yeah. at Bump Academy. Yeah. yeah. Consistency of experience, but maybe not of the delivery. And Yeah, because it has been such a cultural shift in the way that teachers plan things planning things more collaboratively for these projects and the way that they deliver them but also the way in which the students learn it's almost like we're we're teaching them how to do projects at the same time as doing those projects and it is a huge shift so you don't want to lose that the teacher personalization in there um, and the experience that they get and the relationship they get with those individual teachers. Yeah, or, or the pupil, because it's exactly that. PBL isn't a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. That, that's why we love it and why we're, we're doing it. Yeah, that's right. What else do you want to touch on? So a big one for us, and this is like we have a really good culture in our school of, you know, adopting this change and, and charging forward. But a big question I get asked a lot, I suppose, from teachers and colleagues is how would you incorporate PBL into qualification level classes for us you know so in scotland our bge which is our broad general education which is from 11 to 14 and kind of naturally fits really well in terms of pbl okay we have subject silos and why what about pbl is it breaks that barriers down it connects the learning but in our senior phase some teachers would say you know they, they need to focus on qualifications and they need to narrow what they do to jump through the exam hoop because that ultimately is what's measured and what's important so I guess the question is how how would we incorporate that? How do I how do I show my my teachers that it is possible and that we can do both? We can make sure that we have attainment measured in terms of exam success, but we're also best preparing our pupils with the skills that they they gain through learning that in a project based fashion. Yeah. So the 
It's a good question. Comes up often, right? Uh, whether we're across the pond and talking about standardized tests, like everybody has these standardized tests, right? Wherever you're at. So it's a real thing, right? So one, we don't just discard that, right? Like that's a real concern for your teachers. It's part of their job. The first yeah. thing I would do is maybe, and you don't have to do this right away when you get the question, but don't answer the question, right? As you, you sidestep it a bit, a, a different PD session, not in that, that scenario, but let your teachers go through what we call an ideal graduate, right? And so what do you want your learners to know by the time they leave your class or your school? You know, uh, another way to put that, I worked with a group of science teachers. So, well, what do you want? Like you want your learners to be scientists in a way. What, what do you want them to think about? Well, they never really say like slope intercept form. They never say complex sentences, right? They never say these kind of standards-based things. They say, well, I want them to think like a scientist. I want them to see problems around, but I want them to have a, a solution process, right? So they might say the scientific method, right? But that's a process, right? These big pieces. That's what, as educators, that's what we get fired up about. And so bring that in and then say, okay, well, how many of those are you actually getting to teach? Right, like what you're teaching, does it bring your learners to those outcomes of better communicators, of better problem solvers and critical thinkers? It's like, well, typically not, right? So how can we do that and meet the standardized tests that we have, the qualification level classes? Like, because we can do both and we should do both. So once you kind of frame that a little bit differently of, you know, I'm not, because sometimes that question is hiding from change, right? Like, I don't want to change what I do. I'm going to say it's because of this qualification exam. And maybe I legitimately don't see it either, right? Like I don't see how I can do both of these. Well, and we've got research now around project-based learning in these high school courses around qualification exams that our learners are doing better on the qualification exams because they have deeper learning. And the way I frame that is project-based learning gives you more context to the problems that you're trying to solve or I like to say handles, right? It gives you handles to those things. When you have a broader view of whatever, let's say it's biology, right? So it's this high school biology course. Like you can memorize the terms or you can use the terms, right? And once you've used the terms, you're much more likely to do well in that qualification exam because you've actually used the terms, not just memorize them. And you hope that those five are on the test, right? That Man, I hope because I really know those five, right? I did those note cards. So if we can get to like the deeper learning side of it, so that's the mindset portion. And then the practical portion is to break down that qualification test. What are the big buckets on that qualification test, right? Like whatever those, let's say there's three of them, and then you build your PBL unit around those so that you're directly assessing those things. So in some ways, the same work that your teacher was doing last year, that becomes a workshop. Right? Like you're still going to teach that test in a way, but now it has context. The driving question gives it authenticity and gives learners those handles to hang on to it. So you still have to get to the practical side for the teacher to say, this is what we're going to do. Like, let's plan this out with you, do this together, um, and so that they can see it. I had one teacher, we literally had to get the post it notes out for each day, like day one. Here it is, day two. And we did that, we took this out, right? Because that was fall breaks. So we took two of those off, right? So that she could see, like, this is how it flows. Like, I'm, I still get to address my learning. I don't like to say cover my learning. Right? If you're saying covering your learning, then you're probably not really engaged. Um, but that's kind of the process. Like, first, there's a mindset shift that this is, 
that there are things more important than that qualification test, but we're not discounting that qualification test, right? That's a real thing. So how do we get our learners to do well on that? And just one last thing is we go back to like, if you said what's important in biology to learn, it's probably the things on that qualification test, right? Like, so there's some legitimacy that our learners should know those things. We just want them to do it in context and they'll likely do better on that qualification test. Yeah, the thing I've jotted down there was uh, directly assessing the content. And I think it can go too broad or it can go down a route that you might not want it to go because you don't have the time to cover it. But if you're making sure your your milestones, if you like to call it that, is directly assessing that content that is essential to make sure they have the knowledge when they go into set that exam, that, that goes a long way, I think, of calming the nerves that that is a solution and that is a pedagogy that we can use to deliver that deeper learning. That's another big word there. Mm-hmm. You know, if the learning's deep enough and it's provided in a context like you've just explained, then it should make it sticky enough. Yeah. <laughs> sticky yeah. learning that right. it's going to remember for the exam, you know, rather than just trying to cram it and and remember it. It's it's more about applying it. And if they've used it, then it should be sticky enough that it stays with them. And it's useful for the exam, but it's also useful in our real world context, which is exactly what we're wanting. Yeah, giving them the purpose and the relevance and the why. Yeah. But we we can see POG is where it fits in in our senior curriculum. Um, We have things like travel and tourism courses. We have a creative thinking course and we have a health sector course. And they're already working with partners um, on a a weekly basis. And we can definitely see the connection there of structuring it into a project. For me, when I'm thinking, if we get the junior phases right, which is our first, second and third year, where they're fully engaged with their learners, they're um, enthusiastic, they're resilient, they're confident, then they're going to be so better prepared for our senior phase. And we'll we'll see those reflected in in the results. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> my dream, I suppose, is that because we're early in this, I'm, I'm hoping that our current first or second years, by the time they get to their senior phase, I hope they're knocking on my office door and they're going, Mr. Malkin, why why are we not learning in a project-based learning fashion? I want to be doing it that way for yeah. my exams. You know that. Yeah, that's I'm right. That. Yeah, and, and that can happen. Um, you also do want to recognize that, you know, your younger levels, that learning and the teachers are different than your upper level learning and the teachers, right? It just draws different people. Right? Uh, typically, when we get up into our upper learning areas, it, you do develop some silos. You're a little more academic. So you do still need to recognize that there's different personalities there, right? That are that are working there. Um, one last thing on that one is if it's a really technical subject, you might also bring in problem-based learning. So where project-based learning might be four to six weeks, problem-based learning might be four to six days, right? So it's a smaller chunk, uh, but you're still bringing the authenticity and trying to bring context to you know, maybe some of these obscure standards that are going to be on the test um, that maybe don't fit. Like there are some things like they just legitimately don't fit, right? So how are we going to problem solve that? That could be another tool that your teachers might appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Other questions? I've got one for you. So um, I'd love yeah. your feedback. So our new stated goal at Magnify Learning is to have 51% of schools doing project-based learning by 2051. So like, what are ways that we can stay connected to you, right? Like we kind of reached out via Twitter and you know, almost happenstance, right? Of we're always looking for people that are you know, using similar words and on the similar path. 
but what does it look like for you guys to plug into a larger community? How can we help you? Uh, let me think. I mean, yes, we would love to to plug into that community because, again, even this process of sharing what we're doing it is supporting our process over here of delivering what we're doing. So the more we're involved in that, it is going to support, again, and help us to help you. It's, it's a win-win. Yeah. We're always for win-wins. So, yeah, I mean, how, how we do that, I don't know. I would need time to think about that one, but. Yeah. yeah, we've used um we love the magnify learning resources. Like I said, we've got the book. We're waiting for the new book because it's January that it's coming out. Yep, January seventeenth, it'll be out. Um, but when we've created our own to fit our school context in the context of the Scottish curriculum, when we've created our own school project based learning how to guide and a project based learning toolkit, yeah. um, we've utilised a lot of the resources that we found on your website. Um. Yeah, absolutely. And we, ha we have something in terms of professional learning. Every month we have a teaching learning spotlight, which uh, we put out, which just signposts things that we would fit to our context and fit to what we might want to focus that, that sort of month. But we have included some of your work already, but I'm imagining as we go forward, we'll be using that and signposting certain things that resonates with our journey, yeah. where we're at at that stage and where they can look to expand and maybe hear Maybe even this podcast will appear on that. I don't know, but yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. So just signposting that to our staff in terms of their professional learning and where they might want to spend some time thinking, and and then using that through their faculties to discuss some of these questions that we've talked about today. Yeah, I'd recommend just talking to our listener again. Now is like Nick and Hannah have just been sharing their story on the podcast, and kind of our off-air feedback is like it's just helpful to share your story. Like even it's not perfect. Nobody's story is like, even as you're starting, go out to a conference and share, right? Like take one thing that you know, you're really good at and go share that at a conference. And as you get to talk about it, you get feedback. Other people can start to collaborate. So really important things to do. Even just this little session, your fly on the wall session, we just went through a couple questions that they had. Like that's really easy to do. It took us what, 15, 20 minutes or so, right? To to do those kinds of things. Like you can do that as you build collaborators. Like we're happy to do that at Magnify Learning, but you know, just get a group that you're walking through life with and schedule this, right? So I say like, you have to be geeky about this, right? Like, hey, hey, school, you know, 40 miles away. Do you guys want to Zoom real quick or do you want to meet at a coffee shop? And, you know, we've got a couple of questions. You probably have some questions, you know, create your own conference. Like just get with other people. Don't do it on your own right? Like you've got to collaborate. Really, you have to live the process, right? If you live the PBL process, and we just hear again and again, like teachers' lives are changed and like in school, but out of school, right? Like we've got a facilitator now, like he just started a band because it's like, as he's helping learners like figure out their life and like live their passion and inspiration, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do that too, you know? And so it's, it's worthwhile all the way around. Nick and Hannah, thanks. Thanks for letting us kind of eavesdrop in and be a fly on the wall in our little learning session. Um, I've appreciated it. Definitely loved getting to know you guys and your story and your school. And I am certainly honored to that you let us kind of speak into that. So thank you so much. Thank, well, you. thank you very much, Ryan, for having us on. We've enjoyed the process yeah. and we'll continue to listen and we look forward to just continuing our process and we look forward to seeing what we can do yeah. here at Banff Academy. Yeah, we're excited too. We'll definitely watch it on Twitter and we'll have to check in now and again uh, to see how things are going. Hey, as you're, as you're listening, I want you to 
to give me specific feedback about this episode, kind of the fly on the wall episode. So if you go to whatispbl.com, there's an ask Ryan button and you don't have to ask me, just give me feedback on that. Like, would you like to hear more of these sessions? Is it helpful to just hear live feedback and just kind of how we interact and, you know, are able to help schools and learn from schools, right? Like I learned a ton today. So I'd love some feedback on that. Um, I liked it. It felt good for me, right? And I like just being able to give like live feedback. It's one of my favorite things is be able to speak into other schools and support the work that's out there. So as we do that together, we're all going to be able to engage our learners, tackle boredom, and transform our classrooms.